As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at the big developments from opening day. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold uh, brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, April 2nd. I'm Al Melkier, and with me here to run down all of the highlights from opening day is Derek Van Riper. So uh, DVR, uh, let's just get right into it. Lots to talk about, a lot of things that happened on opening day, and unfortunately something that was uh, all too familiar from 2020. Uh, we had some positive COVID tests on the Nationals. Uh, three players have now tested positive, um, and there was a cancellation even before the second and the third positive tests. So the Nationals and the Mets did not play on opening day. They have a day off on Friday, and we do not yet know if the series will resume on Saturday. So I don't know that there's anything you know we can do here other than to just stand by and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a reminder if you are the commissioner of a league, be flexible, you know, let people make changes in situations like this. If players have locked for the weekend, this is an unusual time, even still here in 2021. So uh, be kind to your commissioner if that commissioner is not you yourself and be kind to yourself this is just good life advice anyway. I agree. Good that we can get that in here on a uh, fancy baseball podcast. It is good advice. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we also have to remember to be flexible, uh, you know, in any kind of uh, season and any kind of situation with injuries because it's just a part of uh, a part of the game. And we had three really notable ones on opening day. Josh Donaldson actually very, very early into that game uh, exited with a hamstring injury. He will be evaluated on Friday. A couple of other injuries that at least seem less serious, but uh, as we know from past experience, we have to you know track these and, and be cautious. Nick Senzel with a shoulder injury, but he is termed day-to-day. And Hunter Dozier with a right thumb contusion, also uh, day-to-day. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll have to track those going into uh, the first full week, which is which is coming up quickly. So going back to that Donaldson one, since that at least at this point does seem to be the most serious one. 
do we need to be looking ahead to what the fallout is on the uh, the Twins roster and see if there's anybody there that stands to gain a lot of playing time? Yeah, I mean, I think one option they have is to do what they did on opening day and put Luis Arias at third base. If they do that, Jake Cave plays more because he took over in left field. But that immediately makes you say, maybe Alex Kirilov comes up. And clearly there are some longer term things that are in consideration. That's why he's not on the roster right now. But you're a team of playoff aspirations. You can't afford to not put your best lineup on the field at this point. So losing Donaldson creates a pretty significant offensive void. And I think Kirilov is much better suited to fill it than Cave. But if they don't call Kirilov up, I think Arias plays third, Cave plays left. All right. So, yeah, we'll pay attention to that one as that develops. And then another development here with Sixto Sanchez, uh, just within the last couple of days, we talked about how uh, he got sent to the alternate site, a little bit of a late start to spring training, but now he's dealing with some shoulder discomfort. So this may be a longer term situation for the Marlins. They can afford to go with the four man rotation for a while. But I did see a report DVR a few days ago that Nick Nidert maybe would enter that rotation picture. So uh, do we need to look at him again? And if so, what sort of league would you think about picking him up in? I mean, Nidert's got a little bit of prospect appeal. He's a second round pick. Uh, from 2015 and if you go back you see some strikeouts in that profile you see a pretty good walk rate you see a guy that actually put up pretty good ratios despite allowing a lot of home runs at double a in 2018 I'm a little concerned that he nibbled in 2019 at triple a but that was the year with the rabbit ball in the PCL so the walk rate spiking there to me isn't necessarily a sign of someone that has bad command. It might just be someone who didn't want to be in the zone too much and instead of giving up homers, give a bunch of walks instead. Uh, but to answer your question, I think 15-team mixed leagues are probably in play for him given what he has shown in the minors. I mean, if we're interested in guys like Logan Webb based on the schedule, I would say uh, Nider's probably a schedule-dependent starter if he gets that opportunity. All right. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to be relevant for the upcoming uh, Sunday Night Fab, but uh, we'll talk about that in a little while, too. So, uh, you know, that's a name maybe to just tuck away between now and then. And uh, as early as it is in the season, lots of closer developments here. Alex Reyes announced as the Cardinals closer. Uh, so we've got Alex Reyes in in St. Louis. And then we've got Trevor Rosenthal out due to injury. who's placed on the injured list with the right sh- with right shoulder inflammation. And Jake Diekman is uh, going to be the primary closer there in his stead. So if you had an early draft way back when it looked like Diekman was going to be the A's closer and then, you know, you felt bad about it after they uh, got Rosenthal, it's we've come full circle here. Yeah, I mean, if you got him in a draft and hold league or if you didn't dump him at the first fab last weekend, then you may have found a closer. I think Sergio Romo could be part of that if he becomes a committee. I mean, with Diekman being a lefty, I think that's at least... Uh, possibility. The Alex Reyes situation is pretty interesting because one of the reports I saw pointed to Hicks sort of being eased back in after opting out last season. He was coming back from Tommy John last year had he pitched, so he would have been eased in last year too. So maybe it ends up being more of a share at some point down the road. And I think the surprising thing is also that they've suggested that Alex Reyes is someone they want to see throw about 100 innings this year. And normally, if you're getting saves, you're not working enough innings to actually get that volume. So I do think it's a good short-term move in leagues where he's available to go out and get Alex Reyes. I'm not sure that's going to be the longer-term plan with the Cardinals. I think they're going to mix and match a little bit more as Hicks gets built up again. 
I've entered this year with the mindset that I, I expect almost all of my closer moves to be short-term moves. I don't know if that's an overreaction, perhaps, but there's just so many situations in flux that, um, you know, I, I think that that's maybe not too much of an overreaction. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to look at the co-closers as sources of 10 to 15 saves. That's the modified projection I would put on a guy like Reyes, it's similar to the number I'd probably put on Lucas Sims, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. if you say Amir Garrett's co-closers with Sims, but we think Garrett's more likely to be the guy than you know, 20 and 10, 25 and 15, some split like that seems likely. And look, 10 to 15 saves is actually very helpful. If you get that with a lot of strikeouts and great ratios, you're going to be really happy with someone you picked up in early April or in the end game of your draft or auction uh, just because they didn't get to 30 or 35 doesn't mean they're not going to have a lot of value in, in that role. Yeah, that's right, because there are so many relievers that are in that role right now that it it kind of levels the, the threshold that you need to cross to really make a dent in the saves category as just, you know, an individual reliever. And, you know, on that note, DVR, we had a couple of situations that we knew coming in were going to be fluid, and they were sort of interesting on opening day. We had Alex Colome getting a save chance, but blowing it. And, you know, we've seen you know, more stable closers than Alex Colomay have a rough first or second or even third appearance. So we can't read too much in, into any of these things. But it was a little interesting to me that Taylor Rogers came in the seventh inning, Hansel Robles in the eighth. So I'm in a few leagues that, you know, by one type of, um, uh, you know, format uh, or, or another, give setup relievers some value. And Robles is somebody I've had on my radar, but I didn't draft him anywhere because I figured he'd be like a, a sixth inning guy, maybe. Uh, but already, you know, opening day, pitching in the eighth, I, you know, I like him as a bounce back candidate. And right away, he's being, you know, put towards the end of a, a game. So if you're in a saves plus holds league or Otnu or something like that, score sheet, uh, you know, I, I think now's the time maybe to go, go get Robles. Yeah, I mean, I think in leagues like that, he's definitely viable. I think it all comes down to velo for him. If his velo looks like it did in 2019, he could have a nice bounce back season and continue to hold a high leverage role for the Twins. Uh, I would look very carefully as we're looking at these situations to see who was up in the innings that these guys worked. Interestingly enough, Christian Yelich was leading off that seventh inning and the Twins were up three. So they were protecting a reasonably close lead. It was a really high leverage spot in the game when Rodgers entered got through that clean inning in the seventh against Avi Garcia and Travis Shaw. So two of those three hitters are lefties and the Brewers best hitter was the guy that let off the inning. I still think Minnesota is one of those places where you're going to see Rodgers in the seventh. Sometimes Rodgers in the eighth. Sometimes Rodgers getting saved. Sometimes you're going to see Robles moving around a little bit in those innings and probably going to see Colome moving around a little bit in those innings too. So maybe it's one of those 25, 15 situations that favors Colome, but Taylor Rogers is going to get some saves this year and maybe a lot, but at least some. And I think he's a good enough reliever where you definitely want to have him even in shallow leagues. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, San Diego, another situation like that, where we've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about Emilio Pagan being a favorite within the organization, but didn't get the save chance uh, on, on opening day. That went to Mark Melanson. So that's going to be a fluid situation as well. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, so, uh, speaking of opening day DVR, um, there are a lot of really good performances, a lot of really memorable performances, both on the pitching and the hitting side. So, um, you know, in my Otnew league, I got a nice point total from Sandy Alcantara, even though the Marlins didn't win that game, went up against, uh, Tyler Glasnow and, uh, Tasker Hernandez, Catel Marte. Good to see them getting off to good starts and they helped me out in some leagues. So who was a hero for you on opening day in fantasy? Saves are gold, so Diego Castillo was a hero for me, getting the save in that Rays win over the Marlins. Uh, Austin Meadows is a guy that I actually liked this draft season that I didn't get very many places. He had a solo home run in that game, and Tyler Glasnow pitched really well. Velo looked good, had that new pitch working as well, so uh, all signs for a you know one nothing game looked really good for some key Rays that they're relying very heavily on this year, but Castillo in particular... Uh, you're not going to declare victory on day one with the Rays bullpen, but it gives you the nice warm, fuzzy feeling if you have Castillo active in your lineup. Yeah, well, we can add that situation to the ones we mentioned, like the Twins and uh, the Padres, that uh, there's a lot of a lot of players that can uh, enter into that picture for sure. Uh, let's take a look ahead, DVR. So, you know, this is always a strange week, uh, you know, when it starts on a Thursday, that depending on how your league is set up, uh, you know, like for the two of us, we just did a Tout Wars fab, and now we got to turn around and do it again, because, uh, you know, here we go, the first full week is coming up, or week two, if you would prefer to call it that. So, uh, is there any change in terms of, you know, from like two days ago, uh, players that you're looking to target for this next go-around in fab? I mean, I think the bullpen situations we've been talking about are definitely interesting because with Trevor Rosenthal's shoulder injury, that might not be a short-term injury. That could turn into several weeks very easily. So in a situation like that, Jake Diekman does become very interesting to me. Sergio Romo in a 15-team mixed league might be a little bit too fringy for me. If I am bidding on him, he's a contingency bid and a near-minimum sort of bid, not somebody that I'm pushing aggressively, barring something that changes between now and the time that Fab runs, right? If Romo gets two saves between now and then, sure, flip the script a little bit and, and look at him to get a larger share. But based on the way they've talked about it and the plans they had before they added Rosenthal when it did look like Diekman was their guy, I'd be much more interested in Diekman of those two options right now. Uh, the two-start pitchers, I think because the schedule was still in flux, I mean, we saw a ton of roster moves uh, on opening day morning, official IL moves, some surprises that popped up. The schedule that we were looking at just on Wednesday, making midweek pickups in some leagues, is completely different than the one we're going to be looking at on Sunday going into the first full week of the season. So I would definitely comb through the projected starters and try and see how many two-start pitchers might be available who weren't previously lined up for those two starts. Yeah, well, uh, that's very good advice. And just to, you know, to, to uh, underscore that. So right now, uh, as you're listening to this, the, the first weekly planner is now out on the athletic. I'll be, uh, publishing that every Friday. 
And in the process of writing it on Thursday, the A's fifth starter situation changed twice. <laughs> so I had to re- rewrite a part of it that dealt with that. But as of right now, it looks like Frankie Matas is going to get two starts. And I would say, read the planner because, um, it, the, the, the situation for Montas might not be what it appears on the surface, but, um, I, I deal with a few of two of the two star pitchers in there. But just to get back to Fab, aside from the two star pitchers, uh, a lot of the players that I bid on for the short week are still there. They were contingent bids for me. And I'll come back for Adbert Alzale and Taylor Widener and Yoshi Sutugo, um, who did bat lead off, by the way, for the race in that game against the Marlins. So, uh, probably not a lot of big changes, but like you said, DVR, um, we'll pay attention to the news over the weekend. We'll look at the, uh, the way the pitching lines up and I'm sure there'll be some more, more names to talk about when we uh, come back here, uh, for the Monday show. Yeah. And Carlos Rodon, I think was a guy that I mentioned a little earlier in the week. He's got two starts coming up at Seattle for the first one home against Kansas city for the second one. I know the Royals offense erupted against the Rangers on opening day. They're still not an offense, I fear, even though they are an offense that has improved. I think with Rodon being healthy goes a very long way toward making him interesting again. So I'm definitely interested in Rodon, even in more shallow mixed leagues with that two-star week on tap. All right. Well, we will revisit this on the next show after we're on the other side of the weekend. So for now, we are going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Monday. <laughs>